Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 138, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, welcome. fuck Fox News, welcome. fuck Rush Limbaugh, welcome. fuck Buck Sexton, welcome. fuck Sean Hannity. Welcome. Uh, it's Monday, also, June fuck 15th. Also, fuck J.K. Rowling. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Uh, it's Monday, June 15th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Whoa, of gray is the color of my energy. Whoa, well, you can call me Mr. Miles of G. Thank you to Hannah Soltis. This time, actually wrote this AK, not like yesterday, wow. where I just pulled the just or the or last week when I pulled the energy out of the ether to get that. Thank you to at Soltis Hannah for that Amber 311 cover, AK. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat. It's the end of a long ban. Uh, we are thrilled to have him back. He is the co-host. <laughs> One of my uh, favorite podcasts, the flagrant ones on Patreon. He is Mr. Carl Tart. I'm back. <laughs> clink, 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 bottle clink. Most of your new listeners don't know who I am. Oh, they do if they listen to podcasts. Come on, Carl. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. Don't be too modest now. I've missed you fellas so much. I've missed you, oh, man. Missed you too, man. Carl, how have you been, man? It's I've been, been good, man. a year and a half. It's been a year and a half. I've been good, uh, you know, eating vegetables, trying oh. to drink some mm. water. Oh. Uh, you what know, kind of vegetables? Uh, you know, broccoli, steaming the broccoli, putting like a, a, a three three centimeters of water in the big ass pot and throwing the broccoli Ooh. in there. I like my broccoli soft, which uh, means not nutritious. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is oh, you're just cooking all the nutrients out of it? When yeah, it's cooking all the nutrients out of it, but damn, it's good. I mean, because I mean, that's like the first broccoli I was able to stomach was over microwave frozen broccoli. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I, I, I love a just mushy I like of broccoli. I like cheddar cheese with little pieces of broccoli in it. That's, that's the type of broccoli that I prefer. You're more in the cheese. Yeah, you're in the cheese zone. Yeah, Is that like yeah. broccoli cheese soup when they make that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know uh, what's crazy? Yeah, I'll always be down up for a bowl of broccoli cheese soup for some reason. It's probably the worst mm. decision you can make, but there are times I'm when I see it on a menu and I'm like, I think I'm going to try it. I got to get into Ooh. broccoli cheese soup. Broccoli cheese soup is something that I've never... It's something about eating cheese with a spoon that has never <laughs> quite meshed for me. And I love nachos. I love, right, I right. love cheese sauce. But right, for some yeah. reason, when it's like eating it with a spoon, it's like, nah, give me a chip. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, that's called dignity. That's the thing that right. uh, <laughs> is preventing you from <laughs> wanting to eat uh, melted cheese with a spoon. Yeah, because usually when I order it at Subway, they always say, oh, uh, you're serious? And I'm like, yes, actually, <laughs> From sorry. us? From yeah. us? Could you I want that from this, us? This one behind me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you wanted a, a foot-long tuna sub? I'm like, yes. All right. They're like- Okay, oh, Miles. I'm gonna call. Okay, you might need an intervention, but <laughs> yeah. you know, they they help me out. Carl, you've also been eating a lot of fast food on uh, Doughboys, well, another one of our uh, favorite podcasts. What what's the what's the best thing you've eaten uh, in your time as a as a guest on Doughboys? With the Doughboys, the best thing I had. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Waffle House is my favorite restaurant in America, mm. and mm. we did I did Waffle House with those cats. 
Um, <laughs> I definitely had some Culver's was good. That was in Milwaukee. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Detroit, Detroit. I still, I still got a bone to pick with Detroit because I went and I put <laughs> cheese on my Coney dog because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up. The only Coney's I had growing up was Sonic, and right. it's a chili cheese Coney. So, and also I like when I eat something with chili, I want cheese with it. This is the cheese day. natural uh, cheese cast. And I, and when I like, <laughs> I put cheese on it, and the audience like started to boo me when I said that. I'm like, Ooh. hey man. All of y'all could kiss my cheesy ass. <laughs> Wait, they, so the, like you because you mentioned that you so it's a it's a violation to put cheese on a coney because I, I, I feel like so when I've apparently. had like coney's like Cincinnati style chili like Skyline or Gold Star cheese mm-hmm. is on there and it didn't seem like a transgression but I guess it's all it's all regional regional that's world. it's probably them mm-hmm. trying to separate themselves from that. But you know, right. like how in, in Chicago, they get mad at you if you put ketchup on your hot dog ketchup. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I'm going to put ketchup on my hot dog. I'm going <laughs> right. to the south side and telling everybody. I ain't scared, homie. I'm from South Central LA. Uh, uh, all right, Heinz Carl, truck. we're going we're gonna to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell the listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to just remind you guys not to be fooled. By the uh, you know the the symbolic stuff is cool. The tearing the statues down is cool, but there's still a bunch of bunch of work to do. Structural change uh, to pursue. Uh, we're going to talk about the economic outlook. Uh, this, this dude at BuzzFeed News just like wrote this piece that is. I don't know if he's trying to terrify people, but uh, is it, it's scary. Just like what. Not not like years in the future, like a couple months. Like I think he said August. Like our, uh, he said that the American economy is like a uh, a jetliner that's engines have flamed out and now we're just coasting and we will likely crash into the side of the mountain. Is the metaphor that he used? Um, we'll talk about Q. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the Chappelle special. We'll talk about uh. The number two movie on Netflix, the number two piece of content, the number one movie on Netflix, a film called 365 Dinny or Dini. Deny, uh, 365 Days. Uh, it is. It, <laughs> exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Our writer Jam McNabb said it looks like a horny bank commercial, uh, and that's pretty accurate. It's, uh, but it is, it is wild. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk about all of that, plenty more. But first, Carl, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? I'm a bend. A M A B E N D. Y'all know what that is? Mm-mm. That is the the first recorded adult film ever. From like 1896. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing with that. I'm not even, I'm not a, I'm not a porn toe guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really watch the porn toe. But I'm like, wow. I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what? When did you have they a very first... powerful imagination? <laughs> when did, yeah. <laughs> when did people first start getting freaky on camera? Right. And I looked it up and it was this film. And I'm like, that probably wasn't a good situation for the women involved. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what the tactics were of the first pornography producer yeah. uh, in the game. Wait, like, so this is what country was it shot it was in? German, German. You know, you know it oh, was okay. Germany, baby. You yeah. know, you know how they get down. <laughs> Wait, what does the title mean? Is it like in I the don't know. evening? Something it's, like that. Oh. Translates to in the evening. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's what you do in made the made in nineteen ten. Uh, ten minutes long and uh, 
hardcore. It's hardcore. Yeah, shit. that was the first. That was the first hardcore one because before that it was like women showing ankles and stuff like. Oh that. Uh-huh. right, right, right. But right. this oh, is one. Wow. Yeah, okay. this this director was like, nah, 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 nah. Women got more than ankles, baby. <laughs> He's like, nah, nah, nah. Aim the camera down there real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that movie where the train comes at you was actually considered pornography at the time because it's yeah. so suggestive. <laughs> I was like, come on. Well, did you watch the movie or you no, just kind of looked? You, you can't find it. The first? You, you can't. can't find it. No. Oh, really? It hasn't. I feel like that's people wild would because save you can find. History. I know you. You can find like literally pornography every piece of pornography on the internet that's yeah come on I didn't, I, come on porn hub well not every there are people who are like diligently trying to archive as many vhs old porn vhs tapes to try and have a digitized like record yeah fortunately posterity is not something that the community is thinking about all the time the the wikipedia page for this is uh is pretty wild like they just they do a plot description like it has a plot synopsis section where it's just like you know depicting a man peeing through a keyway into a woman's bedroom Uh, the woman (laughs) lies alone in a bed and masturbates for some minutes then the man enters the woman's bedroom undresses himself and the two partners engage in different sexual activities in multiple positions uh so and then they go into that uh we he wasn't he didn't have a pizza or anything to deliver he wasn't a maintenance guy (laughs) Yeah, the bar uh, was so low back. then. I'm sorry, the man it was Germany. He was like through the guy. <laughs> yeah, keyway, not peed, uh, which is how I misread that. And I was like, "Damn, they got freaky right away." Guy He's like, "I'm here to deliver the schnitzel, and I'm on my <laughs> worst behavior." <laughs> Damn, worst behavior, <laughs> good right away. Motherfucker never loved us. No, <laughs> worst. He know he know now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is something you think is underrated, Carl? Uh, putting jelly on breakfast sandwiches. Mm. I don't. Okay. And here's here's the deal. So a lot of people like this, but when you when you go to McDonald's and you get a a, a biscuit, egg and cheese, sausage, egg and cheese biscuit, right. you got to throw that jelly on there, and you got to drown it in jelly. And people, some mm. I've said this before, and people have been like, "What, boy, you crazy?" And then they come back and they go, "What, boy, you genius?" And I go, first of all, don't call me boy." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't call me boy, white lady. I uh, but I hope you enjoy it. And I, I, I definitely, you know, jelly. I don't think people, I don't think people talk about it enough. I don't think people understand. I know, I know, it might be a southern thing, but all McDonald's got jelly, and they got it right. for a reason. It's for those breakfast sandwiches. I put jelly on my McGriddle, which people say you're gonna get your foot cut off eventually because <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of sugar, and I respect it. Do you do it? Because I've I, I I know people who like uh, the biscuit with jelly. You ever do it with a McMuffin with cheese? I'm gonna be real with you. I don't eat McMuffins. I don't wow. some, something about the McMuffin don't it doesn't move me. I go right. I'm a biscuit or a McGriddle guy. However, if I am forced to eat a McMuffin, if somebody <laughs> brings me somebody food kidnaps from you because they've been in love with you from afar and traps you in their home for, <laughs> for 365 five days to fall and, in love. Exactly, and make me move to to Sicily. <laughs> Yeah. If, they, if I'm going to the Sicilian McDonald's and I'm being like jelly, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the jelly thing. I'm gonna have to try that because I always see it. I'm just I don't like sweet and savory, but whenever I have it together, I'm always like, this is pretty good. Yeah, you but ever like you like prosciutto? You like prosciutto and cantaloupe stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, prosciutto oh, and melone. Man. Oh yes, I, love it. I will say this. So that was when I was eating. I lived in in Amsterdam for a year. When I was over there, I don't think they had biscuits. 
So it was it was McMuffins over there. Right. And I had to put my own jelly on it because they didn't have jelly at the McDonald's. And they would always be like, what? And I'd be like, Man, <laughs> I hate this place. But uh, And then I would go back to my house and put my own jelly on it. There you go. I just realized I was about to call you uh, Italy-ophile because there's Francophile, there's Anglophile, but there's it's apparently Italophilia is the is the word for that. Nobody ever uses that. You got Italophile. I'm an Italophile. Italophile. Yeah. That's, oh man, that sucks. They need a they need a better one than that. And there's nobody more ready to go support that economy when they reopen. Mm. Uh, Carl, what is something you think is overrated? Uh. Soreness after leg day at the gym. <laughs> what do you mean overrated in what way? Overrated. I, like, who wants to be sore? That's stupid. Yeah. They be like, oh, man, it's working. I can't barely get out of bed. I got to go to the bathroom and pee, but I just fell by my bed because my legs are so sore. What if you have to save an old woman from a burning building and you just like, ah, I can't do it. And they be like, but yeah. you, you be in the gym. And they be like, but I just, yesterday was understand. leg day. Yeah. Man, you just got to drop her and watch her burn. <laughs> Are you have you have you been recently taking a more aggressive approach to your leg muscle development? Well, here's the deal. So we've been out of the we've been out of working out for I don't do home workouts. I just can't do it. I can't get motivated to mm. work out in my house. Mm. And so I uh you know have been off for the past, you know, what, two and a half, three months. And due to the events of the last few weeks, needed to release some steam and talk yep. to, I, I talked to my actual therapist, but I also needed that gym therapy, which I, I trained with this Marine who's a crazy guy, but I love him. And he's, <laughs> he had a setup in his backyard that he's been trying to get me to come to for the whole quarantine. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Coming. <laughs> I told you I'm not, I'm not doing it, but I, I broke it last week and was just like, all right, man, if everybody out here protesting and stuff like that, I guess I can go to my trainer's backyard, and it actually was body strong. Yeah, it was like really nice and really soothing, and I needed it. I need. I, I definitely needed that outlet. But now yeah. legs is weak <laughs> out here, boy. Oh man, I was shaking. Man, I was shaking like a maraca in that damn gym. Oh all yeah, the, all, everything I worked out, core, everything is gone from two months. That's why people be addicted to the gym. Yeah, yeah. I think it's funny because I had the opposite effect. I just hated gyms. And I also couldn't get motivated enough to work out at home. But once I was just at home, I was like, I have to, I have to move. Like it just, it just became like naturally my body, I think was just like, you have to do something because your butt is shrinking from recording podcasts all day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Straight up. You ain't got no ass no more, Miles. That's what I've been meaning to say. I was like, you're sitting a little low. I know. (laughs) A lot lower than normal. I was going to put my booster seat up, but I feel like Anna and Jack and Dan would all call me out because they know where my head usually sits in the frame. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Carl, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Public transportation is good. In this city? <laughs> in this city is absolutely dog shit. <laughs> but people, people try to say that it's good anywhere. My, the myth that I have is that public transportation is bad everywhere. Everybody should have a car. <laughs> for the earth controversial with the uh with the environmentalists but okay all right eventually we'll get to a place where we all have uh electronic cars yeah let them be electronic electric whatever you want them to be water powered solar powered <laughs> but everybody needs a car public transportation is terrible everywhere people go oh but new york the public transportation is <laughs> like no man if i have to risk getting robbed like so of course, I'm I'm a West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. 
the bus here sucks because it sits in traffic mm. just like everybody else does. You're going right. to be late. You got to leave four hours in advance to get somewhere 10 minutes late. And so I, a car, this is a car city. It's better with cars here. I hate getting on the train. It's always some, some bullshit going on on the train. Somebody, somebody doing something that they shouldn't be doing. Smoking right. meth, hitting somebody with a bicycle. <laughs> like it, it, it's always something that shouldn't be going on on a train. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm stuck underground in a city that has earthquakes with this dude smoking meth and beating people up with a bicycle. I mm. I don't like this. And, and the bus, of course, is terrible. I, I grew up taking the bus here. Uh, I had to take the bus until I was 23 years old when I was able to buy my own car. My mom was like, I ain't got no money to buy you a car. And so mm. I'm very, I'm, I plan on having 12 cars one day. So if, <laughs> if one breaks down. Oh, fleet. <laughs> yeah, because I'll never, never get back on a damn bus. I oh, hate man. the bus so I much. I think the thing, too, with like New York is I remember when we were, when we were on tour for our show, we were like, Remember, Jack, we were trying to make, we had, a, we had to get to, like, uh, make another train. And at some point, the train we were waiting for got delayed in true New York fashion. We're like, uh-oh, the train we were counting on to get us there in time is now delayed. And now all this stress of, like, would it be faster if we ran? Would it be faster if we tried to hail a cab? All that extra stress I was not feeling good about because comparatively, also being Japanese in Japan, my fucking God, I'm telling you, Carl, take those trains because they're never late. They're on time. They're more accurate, like in terms of like staying on schedule than like the sun rising and setting. Uh, and in that way, I feel good uh, on, on public transport like that. But I do wonder, like, you know, buses and also like Uber, like all the all the different things where you're sharing space with other people. I wonder how those are going to bounce back. Like I don't, I don't feel good about like. Well, I mean, a lift right now. Unfortunately, it's about necessity, though. You know what I mean, right? Like if you don't, yeah. The the train, the subway, the bus that is your only option. So, you know, for a, a large a large uh, group of people, that is that that's just gonna have to be how it is. But I think it's, I I think with L A though, we just have our 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 systems could be so much better if we were able to build through wealthier areas. Uh, because those yeah. are like sort of the things that are holding up connecting like truly downtown to the west side or the valley, et cetera. It's like, yeah. because people in Beverly Hills are like, well, if there's a subway station, then working people will get off here and then they will be in my view. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like to acknowledge <laughs> that the world might be different than my bubble. Yeah. Listen, I ain't worried about getting no COVID in old train station because it's already disgusting enough. Something else is eating up that COVID. Like, Pac-Man. <laughs> Somehow, like, subway stations are, like, this safe place. They're, yeah. like, there's actually a more predatory virus that just, just right. diminishes, all, demolishes all the molecules. Unfortunately, it will devour your skin. Uh, so yeah. you won't have skin by the end of it. But Oh, it's also a giant uh, literal monster that could also just eat you whole, too. That's the right. problem. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So first off, Miles, you have this uh, section here titled "Don't Be Fooled." There is still work to do. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a that's a good point to make. I think there's been a lot of tremendous progress in the last couple of weeks in terms of seeing people uh, get into the streets, get in touch with their power and their ability to affect change uh, by showing up. Um, and I think 
at the end of last week, it was really cool to see things like, you know, NASCAR saying they're done flying the stars and bars, or if, you know, uh, seeing, watching statues of slavers go down across the world, I think was really powerful. And these are great, um, symbolic moments, but I want, you know, as much as that feels good and we're, we're reclaiming fort like the names of our forts. So they're not named after Confederate traitors and things like that. Uh, I think it's important to realize that like the purpose of of everything that we're doing and, and what we're drawing our attention to is that we actually have to pursue deep structural change. Um, and while these are good, like visual things that help us stay engaged, like we also have to keep our eye on the prize because L.A., the, the budget is not final in L.A. That's just right. that's that's just been one thing. We have not actually see how that will play out in terms of how much less funding the police will receive, because right normally they get. I think last year was 1.86 billion, uh, and they're asking mm. for three this year. So, 150 million dollars isn't that significant when we're talking about all the other services that are going by the wayside because of these lopsided budgets. So, you know, as I know, it looks like there's all kinds of things happening, and there are, but we also need to be really, really aware that this was all set off because people really hadn't began to understand what black folks have been talking about in terms of systemic oppression in this country over policing and white supremacy. And I think if we're going to have a reckoning, let's make sure we up, we're always keeping our eye on that. Yeah. The, the fact that like, I, I think we need to get more involved, like at a local level, I feel like culturally, um, you know, because everybody's connected by social media now, everybody's like kind of focused on the same, pop culture like people in the midwest who are hipsters look like people who are hipsters in brooklyn like everything's like this one big massive culture that i don't think we i think we've kind of abandoned the the local a little bit um mm -hmm. and i i think like the the fact that it was the city council that voted to dissolve the minneapolis police department over the objection and like had a veto proof majority like that was kind of eye-opening to me that like the city council is not something that I was paying that much attention to, like in my neighborhood. Uh, I was paying attention to it when I knew somebody who was involved with a race or something, but uh, it's like the, the local, the things that you can do like to involve yourself as a, as a citizen in your community are, you know, that's, that's where we're going to have to like continue to push and continue to, you know, fight for change, it seems mm -hmm. like. All right. Well, let's talk about the economic outlook uh, and, wh and why it's bleak. <laughs> you just, you wrote lava and mushroom clouds as a description. Is that the name of the article or that was your description of what? That was my description of what, of the, the visual this guy has given us. Yeah, I mean, he's basically, I mean, he used, <laughs> his, I don't know which one's more dramatic because he, he used the, a jetliner that's engines have flamed out that's coasting and is about to crash into the side of a mountain in August uh, as the metaphor, which is pretty dramatic also. But, you know, he talks about how our day-to-day -day, uh, economic lives are being propped up by like emergency legislation, the um, $12,000 or $1,200 checks, $12,000, uh, $1,200 checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The eviction freezes, the increased unemployment benefits, uh, but he points out that that shit's all scheduled to expire in July and August, mm -hmm. um, and none of those things are 
as of right now, going to be replaced unless the Republicans have a complete and total like change of, I wrote change of heart, but it seems like it would be more like change of humans. Like all the, all the humans become different humans uh, who, who are in the Republican party. Cause like, it just seems like it's counter to everything that yeah, they care said about. Humans are <laughs> not human. Yeah, the Democrats tried to pass a comprehensive aid package, uh, and it was just considered DOA by the Republican Senate. Uh, the freeze on student loans is set to expire in the fall. We're getting by on food banks and stimulus checks that are about to run out, and it's going to run out as we're like closing in on an election that was already probably going to be apocalyptic without any of this stuff. Uh, just because of who the president is and who his supporters are uh, and, you know, the open ways he's courting foreign interference. And I don't know, it's just that people have talked about how uh, all these different things are a perfect storm. But I mean, I, it seems like we might be headed for a bigger one coming up. Uh, I mean, this is the thing, maybe. like the Republicans use that jobs report Last week, that was completely like, they're like, no, that, that wasn't accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, oh, we're actually, we're doing better now. That's, that wasn't the case. And they're, and you could tell that was all they needed because they just needed the logical argument to then be like, well, if the economy's improving, I don't think we need to talk about another round of uh, financial aid for, for America, considering what we're looking at. And, you know, the stock market, it's, it, it's really, it's dark because you also have people who have not really been in touch with what it's like to be a working class person to work minimum wage, to live check to check, m deciding on their behalf what's best um, without any idea of what the stressors actually are. Uh, and yeah. then you get this shitty legislation where, but this is kind of like the whole thing, right? It, the The government fails to actually support people. So then it's the secondary, like private citizens are basically having to support each other by donating to food banks or charities and things like that. And that's, taking up a lot of the slack when i mean yeah like he says it's i think you know we've been coasting for a while uh when you yeah. just look at how the disparities between like you know ceo and worker pay has been gone up like this doesn't end with somehow working people discovering more money at the bottom of their you know <laughs> right. beds or something that's, that's yeah. not how it works they've they've they're hoarding all the wealth so yeah i think what this is also saying is like we're reaching an end game point uh with all this wealth being siphoned up at the top with nothing left for the masses. And now there's quite, quite literally, like you're saying, we're like running on fumes where people need food banks now. And yeah. we're also saying, nah, no, no stimulus checks, no, no help anymore. Let's see how it pans out. But I don't know what their response is going to be. They're just going to, there's just going to be mass evictions and then trigger a second, like diabolical housing crisis where not even any, like, I guess that's what happens. And then rich, like uh, the wealthier people come up and buy all the homes that have been foreclosed on and then create some new way to rent it out to people who are struggling. Yeah. Everybody, time to get guns. <laughs> it really. Everybody. Uh, I mean, especially my black brothers get just straps yeah. legally. Oof. The, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see, like, I think, I think people are underestimating how much of a crisis we're headed for and like how easily it could devolve into, something like more violent than we've ever seen before in the history of our country. Like uh, maybe not in the history of our country, but in the modern history of our country. 
Yeah. The the Q thing scares the shit out of me. Like I'm seeing people. There's a uh, a doctor friend, kind of former friend, uh, who I haven't really spoken to in ten years, but she's a black woman. She's a surgeon. Uh, she's like very smart and like in my memory, one of the sweetest human beings like I've ever met. And she's like begun dog whistling Q shit on, on social media. She like thinks all coronavirus stuff and black lives matter protests are part of a conspiracy to take support away from Trump. She's like talking about George Soros. Uh, she's talking about like pedophiles and like combating pedophiles and killing pedophiles. Like they're, She's a doctor. Like, that's Yeah, so is Ben Carson, though. Yeah, yeah. And so no, am I. That, that's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your point? What's your point, dog? Uh, what are you trying to say about doctors? <laughs> yeah. So, so, was that, uh, so was that Ohio doctor who was like, isn't it possible that coronavirus is disproportionately impacting black people because colored people don't wash their hands as well? That dude was an <laughs> emergency doctor. Did you oh. see him? No, I didn't no, see him. No, I saw that. that headline, but I was like, I don't know. It's, this seems par for the course for America, especially right now. I mean, but this Q so thing maybe- is really, it's interesting because it's almost like there are, these are just ways of dealing with your oppress- oppression or your perceived oppression or perceived feeling that things aren't right. Right. You know? And so for most people, I think people who have lived actually in America and have seen the destructive force of systemic oppression and capitalism and how that works, you go, "Oh, I think I know why it's like this because of yeah. fact, I'm looking, I'm 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 experiencing it every day." But I think for a group of people who maybe aren't as familiar, it's easier to create these things like pandemic that the 5G towers went up because if you think about every subsequent uh radio technology that's come out whether that's UHF and the Spanish flu or uh, 3G and or like regular cellular phones and the advent of ADHD, like this logic path that they follow is like very, it's a lot of it's just to explain that they're like why they are lacking. Because I see a lot of, I see a lot of people commenting on like all kinds of social media posts where people are talking about, you know, like actual Black Lives Matters issues. Uh, and they come in and you see like these George Soros things come in. And when you click, everyone's like plan de- hashtag pandemic. I'm out of work because of pandemic. Uh, thanks, mm-hmm. George Soros. Pandemic's working. Uh, my job's gone. So f- I also see a lot of white people using this to explain what's happening. Like, I feel like maybe it's increased because I see a lot of connection between pandemic and people's unemployment now, like being brought pumped out of people's social media accounts who are like following this conspiracy theory. Is this what's going on with Ice Cube right now? Nah, he's more on like just like Hotep memes and, you know, like that. Because QAnon, like that whole conspiracy about Q and this, there's a cabal of pedophiles that run the world and Donald Trump is is combating them. And also these pedophiles are part of what they call the deep state, which is really pulling the strings. And Donald Trump is the only one fighting them. That's why everyone's against him. Uh, when really he's trying to awaken the world to the truth about the evil pedophiles and human trafficking and 5G and like who's actually running the world, the Jews, uh, mm. you know, like it's all just really dark, dark shit that is it, it it doesn't explain much unless like you have a lot of time to connect the dots in your own mind and follow other conspiracy theorists on YouTube. Well, 
It looks like I got some YouTube homework. <laughs> don't, don't. Bring me back don't next week because I'm going to oh, have a lot shit, to yeah. say. Yeah. I'm going to have a, I'm He's gonna like, have a where we go one, we go all. Yeah. <laughs> but I think to your point, like, the you know ice cube there there was a rise in exorcisms last year like people are like this is how people are dealing with reality like you said miles and like the the q thing is one just kind of giant sandbox of like kind of pseudo facts to like kind of bury your head in but i think there's a lot of people doing that and right because reality as as it currently is constituted is fucking hard to deal with um yeah and so- it's funny when you read these like you know i sent you when you were first writing this up about how you knew someone with q i i sent you one of their like vision boards uh which yeah. they, they, it's like i think what's called like a d- deep state map uh that most followers of q look at which helps people make sense of everything when you look at it it is so visually chaotic that it makes no sense um oh not at all What's funny, though, too, is absent are the terms capitalism or white supremacy. Right. So, you know, and I think those are things that it's a this offers people a way to make sense of the world without actually maybe looking at those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's it's also (laughs) a great way to explain it away. Yeah, there's like, you know, Silicon Valley, DARPA, COVID 5G. But then they also have like satellites. (laughs) <laughs> just satellites as a concept polio right. vaccine baby boomers yeah it's one just it's says mail-in ballots like okay uh-huh <laughs> um anyways people should check it out there's a lot to learn in this uh <laughs> in this spreadsheet but like that's i i wonder if there's a thing where too much information you can like kind of make yourself less efficient or dumber with too much information as we have as a species since the invention of the internet like this whole like spreadsheet makes it clear to me at least one of the reasons that the whole Q thing is is so popular is because you like you it would take you decades to like work your way through like all the all the bullshit that's on on this page. Somebody typed that up. Can you believe that? A living breathing human <laughs> invented <laughs> that. Somebody who was right. born just like you and I who has a respiratory system and who eats food a brain and a brain type that up and there are people who mm-hmm. believe it and man we are going down that i and you know what i this is a it's not a hot take but i'm assuming we can all agree i, I think twitter should be eliminated <laughs> oh yeah twitter should be i i, I yeah. think it's i think it's the worst thing ever and and i know people are gonna be like well some good things missing people were found and then i don't care it's it's poison mm. It well, they poison. need something, mm. or they need to seriously just fi- if just use it to communicate rather than if you're going to just spread this kind of nonsense because yeah. that's really, I mean, it's so easy to get go down one of these rabbit holes. But when I look at this this diagram of the deep state, it just looks like bad improv. You know what I mean? And I feel like comedians, don't disrespect the improv like that. No, no, no. I said bad, <laughs> not masterful improv from the gods such as yourself, Carl. But I mean, like in the sense where any good improviser. If I say, Carl, do a scene real quick where you connect 5G to uh, Obama's left shoe. You know, like, right. that's the kind of things they're connecting, but it, yeah. it it's just the loosest shit they use to connect those dots. So I think anybody with a like a certain confirmation bias, I mean, damn, you can make any of this true. if As long as you're so against maybe looking 
at what's happening in the world and see that for what it is, maybe it's just easier to look at this shit. Well, think about it, Miles. See, we did not see 5G until Obama came into mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. But here was the mm-hmm. deal. That mm-hmm. day he came into office, he his car was broken down. And so he uh-huh. had to get on public transportation, but it was in New York. It was uh-huh. really late at night. He was wearing a disguise because he was Barack Obama. He chose <laughs> to put that prototype 5G phone in his left sock, which uh. the sock was bad. The phone slipped down to his left shoe. You got to think, brother. Yeah. You got to think. I'm sorry. See, preach, man. See, this is why we have you on to teach to teach these listeners, you know, what's really going on. But I think, but when you watch some of these videos, I mean, it's 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 rough, man. And again, the idea that uh, the thing that really catches me about all this is when you see a lot of these Q supporters confront Black Lives Matters protesters and just say, you're here because of George Soros. Like, Right, which means that it's easier for this person to believe that some boogeyman uh, is causing people to, you know, fight racism than the idea that racism could be so repugnant to a lot of people that they just got out in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they that's go. Really all, I think you're. That's all. I think you're seeing that on the other side with with people trying to blame Trump for everything. Like, yeah. I mean, Trump's obviously uh, a terrible leader, and we wouldn't be in a lot of this mess if like we didn't have the worst leader in the history of the country but he's also not like none of this shit started with him no 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 and there's so i mean the the bottom line is you have to throw every president on the fire nobody's safe that's it but that's just part and parcel of what it means to be president of the united states because this is a this country's a racket so already you're a mob boss by default so you're not going to really be able to do anything with your hands clean Mm. Except Nixon, we like Nixon. We're a pro Nixon podcast. Everybody, <laughs> he played yeah, the how's piano. How's that back coming? <laughs> <laughs> Who played the piano? Uh, Nixon, Nixon played right. the piano. Did he play it well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Carl, I didn't know you were a like such a good singer on the on the flagrant ones. You guys do a like musical parody songs, and Carl really hits those notes. Oh, pretty, thanks, pretty man. impressive shit, man. That came out of, we, we did the first episode and we didn't have any type of theme song or anything like that. And so I was just like, all right, I'm just about to make up a song. Uh, and I just kept doing it every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there are some songs that I've like rediscovered uh, because you guys parodied them. And I was like, damn, that song is really good. Come on, man. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about the number one movie on Netflix. Where are we going? <laughs> And we're back, and we all watched at least some of uh, 365 Days, uh, which is the number one movie on Netflix. Uh, Real quick before we get to that, did you guys watch uh, the Chappelle special that dropped, I think, uh, at the end of last week? I saw the first 15 minutes of it. Mm. Uh, I watched it, and it it was great. I watched it last night. I've never seen him that passionate. I've never yeah. seen him that, like, man, he's just, I wanted to include him in my underrated because I feel like there's still a contingency of people who don't consider him the GOAT. And I know GOAT conversations are redundant and comedy is subjective. And But yeah. that guy is, is at least of, like, of the past 30 years. I'll, so I'll, give, I'll give him the crown. 
if you want to give Eddie the crown, Raw came out in 1987. Like that's mm. 33 years. I'm yeah. I'm rocking with 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 Chappelle over the like the the go to the past 33 years, and that's with Chris and other people. 100. percent And I'm and I'm I'm giving him my crown of of all. Like I think he's the best one. I think with evolution because I am a big believer in evolution and George Soros. And I, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, you know, LeBron's my guy. LeBron's my goat. And oh, Chappelle. You were loving yeah. that moment when he was giving LeBron his roses. Yeah. Man, I was in, I was in this couch. I was on the couch crying. <laughs> crying and jacking off at the same time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's, there's something about Dave Chappelle, you know, like he has, you know, a lot of people choose to focus on things that he says that are controversial, uh, but there's a lot, like he says in his special, it's like he's been speaking about this for a long time, and I think the beauty of his work is that it's almost like his shows and stuff had just laid the groundwork for people to wake up, because people yeah. are familiar with the humor of like the sort of nihilistic attitudes black people have in terms of existing in this country, or the nihilism we feel about racism and when that ends that it's always become a way to just make jokes that make some people uncomfortable other people really laugh um and then to watch him sort of really he's just becoming such a like a i don't know the the way he was talking about everything uh that was just going beyond his ability to be a comedian i, I think was just impressive just i think seeing a lot of people evolve in that way is kind of interesting right now he's just such a smart dude man like like I wish I had the brain capacity that he does. Over the quarantine, I used him as an example because I watched his uh, uh, Kennedy Center honors. Was that, was that what that was? Or mm-hmm. like, and just talking about how much he reads and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna start reading. I'm gonna start reading some of these books that he talks about and stuff like that. And I'm still dumb as hell. And it was just like, <laughs> but he's he's such a smart dude. And the way like, the way he. Does stand-up comedy, I feel like, the way it is supposed to be, where you take something and you have a take on it that makes everybody think. And, mm. like, he's just, hands down, man, he's the, he's the GOAT. He's the living, the living legend, man. And him, him going on that rant about LeBron, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is my world's colliding. You're getting tatted now, that C logo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, gets, he gets on the back. I always talk about that, though, the fact that LeBron at 17 was on the cover of SI, the fact that I always bring up is that he, Nike and Adidas had uh, billboards in his hometown that were aimed only at him. They were trying to recruit him. Like, imagine having advertisements where, like, like growing up in the Truman Show, except bigger because, like, everybody is openly, like, creating the world around your Ugh. your reality yeah. uh, and then he became the best player of all time it's yeah. like what the how does anybody do that and how and then people like hated on him for so long they still do yeah they do it took him to come to the lakers for me to fully open up which i i still i can't you... stand y'all dog i cannot stand <laughs> y'all asses bro y'all we're spoiled we're spoiled shitty people i'm sorry that's what laker fans are we're spoiled, mm. shitty, shitty people. But not what even the sense of What did you not like, like about no, no, no. LeBron before? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dislike him. I was just more like, I was like, this man is the best player in the league. But there just wasn't, I, I, I something didn't resonate with me aside from objectively being able to be like, this guy is a, 
just phenomenal basketball players. Like uh, no way to doubt that. I was never in doubt about that. It was just, you know, it's just your own bullshit as a fan where you're like, yeah. nah, like the greats are like, you know, I'm a nineties kid. So for a long, Jordan. for a long time, I held on to Jordan. Uh, and it took me a while where I was like, man, fuck Kobe. And as, even as a Laker fan, I was just more loyal to Jordan. Uh, even though, yeah. and I didn't like Kobe when he first started because he didn't pass the ball. And I was like, you're fucking our whole team up. Get the fuck, learn something. Uh, and mm. then he, he ended up doing his thing, but I don't know. I think it's just a weird thing too, where sometimes you're so blinded by this like one dimensional shit that like, I can't, you know, and I felt bad that I was like, it took that for me to say like, I really, really like, I really fuck with LeBron James I'm versus so, just being ambivalent. That's one thing about him that I really, I figured out that's, he wants that. He needs that. He needs to be liked by everybody. And he came to the fan base that hated him the most, which pissed me off royally because I was I happy to have him in L.A. But I, I'm just like, bro, you could have carved out. Imagine the legacy that you could have had if you won a championship with the Clippers. Like, you're still in your city. You're still doing what you want to do. What are you chasing? What are you? Why are you? Why did you have to come to the lake? Like, what? What legacy are yeah. you chasing coming to the Lakers? And it's like, oh, it's the name, Mister. No, oh, man, forget all that. Like, I, and this is uh, this is dumb. But like, it, it, you know, listen, Jack wants to move on. He's looking at me like, hey, wrap it up, wrap it up. No, B. no, I'm Chappelle not. Show that's uh, not what I'm nah, saying. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, I was, I was like, like <laughs> imagine, imagine LeBron coming to the Los Angeles Clippers and winning us a championship. And I'm not, I'm saying that biasly as a Clipper fan, but also. As It'll just be more impressive. NBA fan, it would be extremely impressive. He would that like he 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 like would would have won two champ two like lowly franchises a championship, winning Cleveland one and winning the Clippers one, and he had to come to the Lakers. Like, are you trying to one up Kobe? Are you trying to be be called Magic two point? You're you're always going to be in a shadow doing that. Right. You're always going to be in a shadow. And, and I think that's you know why initially, like for Laker fans, it's like, what do you? Like this, this yeah. team's for people who are like gonna be down for a few years. You know, you know what blew a- me away about uh, watching him this this season, and then they, you know, in the quarantine, were playing a bunch of like classic games, and I was watching like his second title with the Heat. He's like so much better now than he was at what should have been his physical prime. Just like all the shit he adds to his game is is truly truly incredible. Like he's just literally a genius. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of geniuses, let's talk about 365 days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, like I said, I, I was curious about this movie uh, because it was number two. It was the number one movie. Number one piece of content was like 13 Reasons Why. Um, but it's so it's a Polish movie. And I, I guess people are just really horny uh, because they're in quarantine and they miss human touch. Um, I also think it like started getting like picking up a little viral, uh, you know, attention because people would accidentally turn it on in front of their parents. Yeah. Um, so that was like something that went viral. But the movie itself is wild. It's trash. Yeah. It's I thought trash. I was on, I, you know, I told you I'm in airplane mode where everything is good. I couldn't get, I couldn't get through this. Like it, it started to repeat itself. Speaking of airplane mode, there's a lot of, uh, really, uh, aggressive sex scenes on airplanes. Um, but yeah, the, I felt like I was watching something that was, 
a like in code that was like dog whistling to somebody who's not me because there was like all this all this stuff about bondage but then like you know just even the the last line of the movie is like her friend being like you're in a cage like they just really wanted her to be like locked in somewhere yeah it was just very like they they were driving at something that was really I don't know, and I think it must be the same thing as Fifty Shades because I know that I didn't see Fifty Shades, but it I know that has like people being locked up. This has like a lot of similar stuff with uh, people being like tied up and shit. But um, there's a lot of head in that movie in Fifty Shades, yeah, or in- yeah, no, in this movie, Three Sixty Five Denis, lot of lot yeah. of fellatio going on. The funniest moment, <laughs> the funniest moment in the movie is. He has the girl he's trying to seduce tied up in bed, and he goes, I'm going to show you what you're missing. And then he just sits down, and a woman comes in and gives him a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this could be you, girl. <laughs> you, you're I so... I don't know who the... the Okay, I think it's popular because it has, like, Sharknado vibes, where it's so all over the place. You're like, this thing yeah. is absurd that you have to see it. Uh, because the cycle of like fighting and fucking, like it gets boring. Uh, but then like the person who I'm really curious about who wrote this because it comes from the perspective. It's so fucked. Like there's, there's no such thing as consent. There's no such thing as like, uh, understanding what the power dynamics between these people. If you haven't watched it, it's about a mobster who like saw a woman through binoculars the day his father gets like assassinated. Who's like the mob boss. And he's so obsessed with her, he, like, endeavors to capture her to make her fall in love with him uh, and, like, steals her away on a trip and then shows by her By drugging images. her. Yeah, by drugging her. Then when she yeah. comes to, shows him, shows her images of her current boyfriend having an affair. And he's like, you see, so you don't want to be with him. I already got, my goons already took the shit from your, ho- from your hotel, left a note, uh, and you live with me now. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, and I'll give you one year to fall in love with me. And that's where that's how we're starting. So I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Well, Miles, congratulations. Sense. You got the writer sitting right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys got any questions, I will answer them all. So the oh, movie fantastic. is titled 365 DNI, which stands Denis. for Do Not Resuscitate. <laughs> yeah. Resuscitate. It's that is a that is a thing. DNI is do not intubate, and it's basically the like a version of do not resuscitate in the medical community. So it's a it is a very morbid uh, thing that that you put in your title, uh, Carl, as the writer of the movie. Yeah, and it wasn't um, just the Polish word for days. No, 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 no. So yeah, as the writer, I have to ask you: the male protagonist keeps. Uh, Massimo keeps yeah. sneaking up behind the girl and going, "Are you lost, baby girl?" Yes. And uh, and then he disappears like uh, date rape Batman at one point. But like that, that is like the recurring thing. Did you think that that was like a a cool line? Uh, I did. And now his his original name was Keith, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they the network wanted to change it to Massimo. You know, yeah. a little more uh, accurate for a Sicilian mobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, his name's Keith Baker. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh, cool, Keith. How yeah, about that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I when I thought of the line, "Do not uh, are you, are you lost, baby girl?" You know, I was mm. I I wanted to show you know him being patronizing and also loving. 
Because what's who who do you love more than a baby girl? And uh, yeah, yeah, or baby deer uh. or anything like that. You know, it was it was originally are you lost baby deer? But the network, you know, <laughs> uh, and I was—I I would say the 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 my my favorite scene that I wrote was the initial uh, plane blowjob scene where his, yeah, uh, his, had everyone talking the the pressure because a, a plane gets pressurized when it takes off, and the pressure turns his penis into a rubber uh, kind of phallic, and, and you you call glimpses of it, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that to me that was the end of the movie right there. <laughs> That was the end, but they, they were <laughs> That's like, what I got there. They wanted me to add uh, 90 more pages to Yeah, that. I was like, what? I'm a genius. Uh, They're like, Carl, these scripts are just guys getting head on airplanes. <laughs> exactly. The last five movies you just submitted to <laughs> so, us, and they end at page 15. And I go, have you ever gotten head on an airplane? They go, well, well, no. And I go, and like, but you'd like either. to, wouldn't you? <laughs> me either, but I got to know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. the, the whole thing, too, is the other things, aesthetic things that really kind of just made me laugh, aside from how problematic and just gross the whole setup is for the relationship the music is all like this european royalty free <laughs> covers where it's clearly european people singing in english where they're like treat me like your boo treat gonna take you out because i love you and you're like fuck? it was exactly like that always and i was like bro i can't like in a way i'm like laughing but also then the the dialogue was written like motherfucking like if when you watch cutscenes in video games and it's like a, like a Japanese game being translated into English and you see a yeah. cutscene like it it's all off like the nuance of the language is all gone. There's one moment where she's like, "And what the fuck you're gonna you're gonna do our me to you? No." And he's like, "I do anything. Don't be disobedient." And you're like, "What <laughs> are they even saying to each other right now?" I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you gonna do like me to you meaning are you are you not looking within when we mm. are you not understanding what you are put, putting uh. me through imagine if imagine if this was done to you right mm. and then he says i don't have time to look within we have an assignment mm, right. please don't be disobedient and then the song cuts in do your love making love <laughs> do your love making love Treat, treat, boo. <laughs> treat. I want to kiss no. you. <laughs> Carl, were you writing this just as you had like a mix on shuffle and you just like wrote to the songs that came in? Yeah. yeah. So I listen. There's a Spotify playlist uh, <laughs> called uh, Bullshit. And uh, I listened to that and just I got inspired. Eurovision bullshit. I gotta this soundtrack. I'm just I gotta find this soundtrack because there are some just gems on there that like make no lyrical sense at all. Um, yeah, I kept uh, this, I kept the subtitles on because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Um, and like they have the songs have titles and like the artist's name next yeah, to it. Like I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be like uh, now. Uh, what was the one that got me? It said. You by Alex Condliff and Lamb Hands, and I'm like, what the f- who the fuck is Lamb Hands? Ah, uh, yeah. And the song Lamb was Hands. so oh, you don't know down tempo. I was like, oh, is Lamb Hands like a dubstep DJ or some shit? And maybe it just means because the piano was so fucking gentle. That's what they meant by Lamb Hands. I don't know, yeah. but it's the other ones. Watch me burn. Kiss me by Malo. Uh, please, if anything, just check out some of the soundtrack because the lyrics are. They're awesome, and like the accents really made me laugh in terms of the uh, musical choices. I'll tell you how Lamb Hands got his name. 
Uh-huh. We were at a barbecue. But it was a fancy mm-hmm. barbecue. A bunch of lamb shanks on the table. He picked Ooh, one up. Fancy. He picked one up and he ate it. He was like, man, this is a good ass lamb. And he kept picking them up. This is a good ass lamb. Mm. And then it was like, we have to get out of here. Our car is waiting for us. And he had all this lamb in his hands. And we were like, mm. lamb hands. Huh. And the rest is, is history. The rest is history. The rest and is that's history. how he got on the soundtrack for 365 Denis. What? How does it end? Because I. Once they, once oh, like man. the yacht fuck montages like didn't end, it's wild too. Cause this film also just has like three minute sex scenes that will make you yawn. Like I think <laughs> yeah. they're, they're only hot for Americans because so many Americans are so puritanical and buttoned up right. that the they're idea that a woman using a vibrator is like, <laughs> and they're like, my parents are watching people kiss and you kind of see the base of a guy's shaft. Like that's all I feel like people are talking about. Just responding to that. If you're trying to get freaky on Netflix, check out the movie love. I believe it's French or something like that. First out the gate. It's that shit. They wild. I think it's, I think it's one of those movies where they actually are actually having sex. Like the two people. Yeah. It's actual pornography on Netflix. Yeah. 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 This, I mean, this felt like Cinemax. Uh, and the dude from that is dating uh, what's uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter's Zoe Kravitz. Name? Yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Oh, the shit. dude from that is dating Zoe Kravitz. The dude uh, from, from Love. Love. Oh, okay, I was like yeah. Massimo from Three Sixty Five. Denis Keith. This so, <laughs> Keith. this movie was actually like came out in theaters, right? And it was one of those like in things Poland that shifted and the UK. Yeah. Right. Oh wow. So this yeah this is uh, this is just the first film in a trilogy actually. Uh, that no. is going to be yeah. So it's it's based on a novel. The director is the author of the novel, uh, oh, and no yeah, this is going to be a trilogy, uh, probably with like a prequel trilogy as well, like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars style, because you can't just leave these movies where they are. But um, sorry, J- so you made it to the yacht fuck montage? Yes. Okay. There's an old man on the boat. When that starts. Yeah, that's true. Is Where'd he just like go? hiding or are they are they like it's, is he yeah. there just watching it? Because that whole scene, they fuck in every corner of the boat. Like yeah, even in the engine room. And like yeah. the fucking it's like what so the thing is that whole scene is so weird because prior to that, he's basically slut shaming her, slash ba- blaming her for a man trying to rape her because of how she dressed. And then right. Things go on, blah, dot dot dot. Suddenly, they're fucking all over the boat, and all their like whole mob entourage is gone. I don't know. I guess this is who is the, is the author a man, a woman? Do we know? I think it's a woman. We must know, right? Yeah, Blanca I believe it's a woman. Yeah, which is my stage name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, congratulations Named after your favorite your Street Fighter character. Here, and you asked you but, asked how the movie ends, Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie ends with. One plane flying into another plane that's kind of mouth shaped and just kind of <laughs> going in and realize it has to reverse and then it has to go back, back and forth. Keeps going yeah. back and Yo, forth. Yeah. Those fellatio scenes were wild. Yeah. <laughs> like wild. Like there's like there's gagging noises on a movie yeah, that yeah, there's like tears. I mean, look, yeah. I get it. Look, if they I guess it's really yeah. the, look, if you need something to activate your libido, I guess this is it. It's but just it's weird also just what they so choose. Like some of it is softcore pornish, and some of it is like has the details of a of like really 
aggressive, uh, violent, hardcore porn. Yeah. Um, anyways, the movie ends with uh, what we think is the woman character's death, but it turns out it's not, uh, according to summaries of the Wait, second what? novel. That shit yeah. ends with you thinking, though, that character, Laura, dies? The mo- The ending is... So like it's worth sticking through the ending if Fuck. you if you watched okay like I you mean, can I, fast forward I I was fast forwarding through the sex scenes and just to like see prude. what happened yeah making you nervous <laughs> and and also because I was like watching it by myself on my phone and I just felt like weird <laughs> yeah like my wife was gonna like catch me um but yeah it ends with just the the old man gets a call on his cell phone spoilers guys. Um, the old man <laughs> who w- who was like there hiding on the boat while they had their yacht fuck montage. He gets a call and they're like they're going to kill Anna or Laura or whichever one Laura. Uh, she is, Laura. And then he's like, "What?" But it seems like he might have ordered it. And then he runs over. And then we see her car drive into a tunnel and it doesn't come out the other side. And then the guy he just like. It's really strange. Like the guy automatically assumes she's dead. Uh, Massimo does because the guy just shows up and is like, doesn't say any. I don't know, man. Yeah. All right, I guess I'll it's have to very, watch it. very confusing. I don't know. And uh, then yeah. I, I, even as I mention, like, I guess I have to watch it. I'm just like, I don't fucking. Oh, this is fucking no way. So boring. Yeah, yeah it's very yeah, boring. boring and, yeah. Even yeah. with all the the gratuitous sex, like that should have propped it up to make somebody sick. I'm like. Even the sex scenes retired. Yeah, I wanted to make those boring because I wanted to make people realize, you know, mm-hmm. love is not about yeah. passion. Love how is about mundane, that's right. How mundane, how mundane love can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, getting that's head right. on a plane. <laughs> yeah, you thought it was cool. Oh my um, god! I guess yeah. I guess we'll have to fucking this fucking trilogy. <laughs> wow! 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 Yep. Okay, Carl, it's been a pleasure having you on to uh, talk about your film. 365 days uh where can people find you and follow you you can follow me on twitter and instagram at damn it carl d-a-m-m-i-t-c-a-r-l and listen Mm. to the flagrant ones which is on patreon after all this economy talk how about spending an extra five dollars a month on a podcast loosely based on basketball which is not being played right now it's coming soon. Worth it, maybe. Ah, <laughs> uh, we don't know. Yeah, mm. we will see. It's really strange because there's definitely players who have come out and said that they don't know how they feel about it. But then there's, right. I think, like LeBron is like pushing for them to complete the season because he knows they have a good shot at winning the title. But like, I I don't know. Like I know Damian Lillard was like, I don't fucking want to. Yeah play i'm not gonna win the title i'm like i'm gonna risk my life well Ky- um, Kyrie was saying that the optics of 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 these black men being forced to entertain during a pandemic that is killing mostly black people just doesn't look good and you know me and Kyrie think on a higher plane we we're right. we're <laughs> in a in, on a different wavelength than most people oh yeah you were on that flat earth shit way before him yeah 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 he mm. got that from me <laughs> he got that from the original iteration how, of culture yo teams. how mad would huh? you be if the lakers won though <laughs> I mean, I, I'm already like planning for it, but I tell right. you this: I yeah. I uh, I read something on Reddit that I thought was very, very, very like uh, poignant in our in the history of the Clippers. 
Because as you know, the clip's going to clip in some sort mm-hmm. of way. Mm-hmm. How clipper would it be that the year that we're having one of our best seasons and got two great players and very, like, the the odds of us winning is very high, that the season gets canceled by some unforeseeable pandemic. Right. And then mm. when they decide to bring basketball back, we win the title where none of the fans can be in attendance to watch it. And right. we can't have a parade because there's a pandemic going on and also protest and everything like that. So big lo- gathering in large groups is just a not a great idea. And that's just very Clipper. That's yeah. very like, – that's like for us to win our first title in a ridiculous, uh, a ridiculous season and on top of that ridiculous season not being able to celebrate it and not being able to see it. I feel like if it's going to be fully a good Clipper story, Keith Kloss has to factor into this somehow. He'll be the main one. Be like, we should have a parade because <laughs> 5G. I ain't scared of that. Oh man, I remember when he got knocked out outside of that club. Keith Claus, hmm. baby, interesting fellow hmm. he is. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying, Carl? Yeah, um, Vince Staples tweeted, "I would have beat George Washington's ass." <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's something to really think about right there. Because I also feel like I would have beat his ass too. <laughs> knocked his wood teeth out? Hell yeah. Knocked all them wood teeth out. <laughs> Put them in my barbecue grill. Use them as some hickory. Uh, Build up some brisket. Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also on PlayStation Network. Uh, you can also find me on my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, uh, where you know we talk about 90 Day Fiance. But, you know, mm. hi. So if you want to... Um, this is a, a tweet I like. is actually from Ben Collins, who's like on the you know digital beat over at M- MSNBC. Who like he talks a lot about like 4chan and the things that are going on internet radicalization. He um, he was basically talking during the Antifa panic and was talking about this. He said, "quote So many people responding to the nationwide Antifa panic have pointed me to the Twilight Zone episode. Quote The monsters are due on Maple Street. End quote. It concludes with this monologue, and it's chilling. Right? This is from the the Twilight Zone." The tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. For the record, prejudices can kill and suspicion can destroy. And a thoughtless, frightened search for a scapegoat has has a fallout all of its own. For the children and the children yet unborn. And the pity of it is that these things cannot be confined to the twilight zone. But a mm. uh, very interesting thing when you talk about people fighting un- invisible enemies uh, and getting together, like we saw uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on miles what is that gonna be today oh man i've if you haven't been listening to that uh run the jewels album pretty good pretty good uh, and it start the first off the riff the first track yankee and the brave uh is just a great track so we're gonna go out on that one from run the jewels yankee and the brave got a lp killer all right. Well, we are going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. 
We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Scam a place when you put infinity to charge of shit. All of us targeted. All we doing is arguing. Harder to miss it. Work until every pocket is picked and sold and harvested. I'm ready to mob, but he's fucking charlatan. 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 Charlatan.